Would you just join me? Let's just pray before we get into the scripture. Father, thank you so much for <clears throat> your life, how it conquers death. That even in the midst of tragedy and pain, you have a plan and you have a purpose and you bring your purpose to bear on our lives. And so thank you for what you're doing. Thank you what you did in the Bradley family. Thank you for what you're doing in us. Thank you that no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the loss, no matter what the tragedy, you have a plan. You have life in the midst of death. We thank you for this and we honor you here. We receive your resurrection life now from your word. Illuminate our hearts, illuminate our minds, and give us understanding, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Get out your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, that's where we're going to begin today. As you know, we've been going through the resurrection stories, not only resurrection stories of people in our, within our congregation, but resurrection stories of the Gospels. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is, there are stories of Jesus' resurrection in each of them. And what happened to people when Jesus was resurrected? When, when Jesus came out of the tomb, it had an impact on the people around him. It changed them. It transformed them. And so what we're talking about are the stories that we see in the scripture. How should we live, you and I, how should we live in this resurrection life? How does it impact us? How does it change us? How do we accept it and embrace it? And today, I want to talk about this, this idea of resurrection stories because Jesus, of course, had a resurrection story that we are, are kind of um, looking through and walking through. But each of us have our own story. And I believe that there's an illustration of death, burial, and resurrection that is so powerful that all of us need to embrace it. Every one of us need to be able to experience the resurrection life that is available to us by experiencing this one sacrament. It's a sacrament of the church. It's called water baptism. Water baptism. It is the, it is the illustration of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's why we engage in it. And I want to just unlock it a little bit for you here because we're going we're gonna to baptize people tonight. And I would love for a bunch of you who realize that you need to be water baptized because of what's going on in your life, because of what's happening in you. I want you to realize this is something I need. This is something that I need to have in my resurrection story. Um, you know, you're, uh, over the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you some scriptures and some ideas. You're going to hear the kids rustling around and people getting up and going out. Look, that's just the way it is on Family Sunday. All right, so we're going to do a couple things here. Uh, we're going to talk about baptism in a cool way. First off, first off I want to give you the idea of baptism, all right? In the, in the Bible, the Greek word they use for baptism is called baptizo. Baptizo, all right? Put it up there on the screen so they can see that, and you can say it with me, all right? Everybody say it. Baptizo. Very nice. One more time. Baptizo. All right, so that's a Greek word. To plunge, to dip, to immerse, to overwhelm, to consume. That's what it means. And when we look at the way, what the scriptures say, we can also look at other uh, extra-biblical literature from that time, just literature of people's use of the word baptizo. And one of the, one of the best um, 
One of the best resources we have was from a guy who was a Greek poet, and he was a, a philosopher, and, and, he, and he did a bit of cooking. And, it was about, and so he, he wrote some, uh, some ideas about his cooking, and he used these words, babto, babto, which is to dip, and baptizo, which means to immerse or to plunge, and he did it in describing uh, how he made pickles how he made pickles. And so I, I want you to see how, uh, this idea uh, because he, he explained, he, he used these words, these Greek words, and he said, well, first of all, what you got to do is you got to babto or just dip the, uh, the um, what are these called? Cucumbers. I got pickles and cucumbers. Did you know that cucumbers turn into pickles if it's just the right environment? So, you, so there's this thing, he said, you, you, you dip them in water, and then you, 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 know, you clean them off, and then actually said you boil them. And so, um, so you got to get it, you got to get it all wet, and that's, that, there's a, there's a certain, there's a certain immersion in water. Yeah, you want some, don't you? There you go. I feel a little bit like, um, yeah, okay, never mind. So, so there's a, there's a dipping that goes on, but then he goes on to describe that it's not just uh, a dipping in water that creates the transformation. Everybody say the word, transformation. You can put them in water, you can boil it, you can do all kinds of stuff to it, but it'll still just be a cucumber. It's not until you begin to add another element, vinegar, and you add that element and you put these cucumbers, in, and we could use cu this vinegar illustration. We could say that, you know, when we get baptized and we get water baptized, we, we go down in the water, we get dipped and immersed in the water, but it, it's really not just about being dunked, right? We could just have a dunk tank if we just wanted to do that, and we could throw baseballs at it and dunk the pastor. That'd be fun. But we're not, it's not just about being dipped in water. There's something else that happens, that's, that's what I want to talk about today. There's something else that happens to you and to me when we participate in this sacrament of the church of water baptism because when you, are, when you are submerged into the water, if you add another element, faith. If you add the elements of faith and obedience, something supernatural happens. Something spiritual happens. That's why Jesus said that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because there's something supernatural about baptism. You put these cucumbers in this uh, uh, vinegar and in, these other, in, in this other environment and pretty soon what happens is it starts to saturate. It soaks into it. And suddenly, suddenly the composition begins to change. Now it tastes different. It looks different. It's completely transformed. It tastes so much better than this. Give me a cucumber. Give me a cucumber. No. So I want you to see that we are pickled people. And I want you to see that there's a power in baptism that every one of us can embrace. Look at Matthew chapter 3. All right, are you there? If you're there, say, yeah, I'm there. 
Okay, I'm not, so I'm just going to take a quick moment here, and we're going to get to Matthew chapter 3, because Jesus surrendered to baptism. Oh, I'm in Acts. Okay, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, I believe. All right, here's what it says. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. You know, I was baptized in the Jordan River one time. I went to Israel, and it was a beautiful experience. Right there where they say Jesus was baptized, somewhere along that, that riverbank, and got in there and was baptized right there. It was such an incredible experience. Jesus, it says Jesus came from the Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Okay, here's what was happening. John was baptizing all kinds of people, repentance of their sins. And Jesus comes onto the scene. John knows who Jesus is. And Jesus comes up and says, it's time, I want you to baptize me. And John goes, what? This doesn't even make sense. You should be baptizing me. I shouldn't be baptizing you. This is crazy. But look what Jesus says. He says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this. But it's not just proper, it fulfills something. It fulfills all righteousness. This is an interesting thing because if we think about it, Jesus was perfect, wasn't he? Jesus was sinless. He was a sinless man. He was fully God, 100% God, fully divine and fully man, but he was sinless. So there's something Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about righteousness. What is righteousness? It's being right with God. Right, being in right standing with God. He says, this is proper. We got to do this. Why? Because his father had a plan and a purpose for him. And so he says, I want to do what my father told me to do. And I want to be in right standing with God. He had no sin that he had to get rid of. But he's, he's experiencing something here. He's obeying his father's instructions to baptize him. And look what happens. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. Imagine it. He comes up out of the water. Heaven opens up. <laughs> Suddenly, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. It wasn't an actual dove. Right? I know. We see the little pictures. It wasn't a dove. That would be a little weird. There would be all kinds of other things that might happen with a dove flying around. But it wasn't a dove. It was like a dove. It was the Spirit of God lighting on him. It came to rest on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, <laughs> whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Think about this. Just think about this for a second. We don't have any record of the miracles of Jesus before this time. Certainly he was the son of God all this time. He grew up in the home of Mary and Joseph. He was a carpenter's son. He worked on, 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 on building and constructing things. He, he participated in the community. Certainly he knew he was about his father's business. But it is here at this moment that something happens. A transition takes place in the life of Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes on him in a new way for all to see. Might I suggest to you that that is what happens to you and I at water baptism? That there's something, there's something we, ident we identify with in God's plan and purpose for us. That there's a transformation, there's a transition. We, we, we move to something else. This is what happens to Jesus. The Holy Spirit rests on him and he begins 
His public ministry. Before this, Jesus was a carpenter who knew he he had a mission. But after this, he was really directed by the Spirit of God. Baptism is about moving from your life in the flesh to a life in the Spirit. Baptism is about death, burial, and resurrection. But in in the big picture, it's about moving from just your own fleshly life, just doing what you do, knowing about God, knowing He's there, knowing He has a plan for you, to being directed and moved and infiltrated, transformed from the inside out by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you three ideas, all right? Everybody put your three fingers up. Three. Three. Let me give you three ideas. All right. First one is baptism is very personal. It's not just some ideas. It's not just a, it's not just going under the water. It's personal. You, uh, you identify. You say, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to obey what Christ did. I'm going to do what he did. And I'm going to embrace his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now, what does this look like? What does this look like? Water baptism is a physical demonstration of a spiritual truth. A physical demonstration of a spiritual truth. You're not actually dying physically, but you are dying in a sense spiritually. You're giving up your will. You're giving up your own desire. You're giving up your own plans for God's. This is tough on a lot of people. It's very difficult for people to do when they think that they've got the tail, the world by the tail, and they can do what they want to do, and they can have what they want to have, but it always goes awry. It always goes wrong, and there is a moment in every person's life when you realize that God's plan's way better than your plan. It's a, it's a physical demonstration of a spiritual truth. What you're doing is you're giving up your life. You're going under the water. You know you can't breathe underwater. Did you know that? You can't live very long underwater. How long could you live underwater? Five, seven minutes maybe if you had really good breath support and you were used to holding your breath that long? I try not to hold people under too long. Some need it more than others. I'm totally kidding. I'm just kidding. There's something about being willing to give yourself up. That's what water baptism is about. It's, now, let, uh, understand, it's not about salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself, so that no one can boast. Okay, you, you, we have to understand this. I, here's what I believe. I believe salvation comes by grace through faith. We believe in Christ. He forgives us of our sins. His, the cross, right? The cross is about Him taking our place. Sin is something that doesn't work well with God. God really doesn't mix well with sin. He is holy. He is so other than us. He's not intimidated by your sin. He is not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid to get down in the midst of your sin and help you clean it up. In fact, that's, what, that's the picture of Jesus, right? Jesus came into our messed up world. God came into our messed up world. He's not intimidated by it. He wants to deal with it. 
But the way he dealt with it was Jesus died on a cross and you receive, you and I receive forgiveness because he takes our sin upon himself. He took the sin of the entire world upon himself, became the sacrifice for sin so that we could have a relationship with the Father. Right? It's beautiful. That's what salvation is. We embrace the work of Christ. We believe in what he's done. We, we receive grace by faith. Now here's what happens at baptism. At water baptism, it's a physical demonstration of this spiritual reality. We're saying, yes, I believe in what Christ did. Now I'm going to do it too. I'm going to relinquish all of my desires and all of my will, and I'm going to relinquish them to God, and I'm going to die to myself. But then, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to also identify with Christ's resurrection which is where the power of God begins to reveal itself. Water baptism is about conquering sin. Let's get to that in a minute. Baptism is this personal process. It's a no and then a yes. It's saying no to me and then yes to God. It's about repenting and then following. Some of us don't like the word repent, or we've, we've heard it in a bad context. Listen, repentance is a great word. Everybody say it together. Repent, or repentance, yes. There's something beautiful about this word, because you know what it means? It means to turn around. It means change direction. It means you're going the wrong way. You're thinking the wrong thoughts. You're imagining everything backwards. You know, it's crazy how people live so backwards to God's design for their lives. And they think it's good. They think it's great. They have no idea what God wants for them. But when you have a revelation of what God really does want for you, the life of his spirit, the life of, his, of truth, the freedom not to be dominated by sin, but to be dominated by God's spirit, that is an incredible thing. I just want to read it over here. Philippians chapter 3. If you want to turn with me, you can. Philippians chapter 3. It's to the right of where we are in Matthew. We've read this a couple of times over this series, but I want to read it again. It's Philippians 3.10. says, I want, this is the Apostle Paul, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming, notice those two little words, like him. In his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Baptism is about a resurrection. Number two. Everybody say number two. Number two. <sighs> Baptism is communal. It's not just personal. It's not just about me dying. It's, it's something you do with others. It's communal. It's something you do together. If you turn over just to the left a little bit in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans 6, 4. Are you guys still with me? All the kids still with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Romans 6.4. Notice what the first word of Romans 6.4 is. The first word is we. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. A new life. You know what happens when you baptize people and you have a community of people sitting around? Something happens to the hearts of all the people witnessing it. 
our hearts are stirred by the commitment, by the willingness to give up their life, by the, by the miracle of what's happening in a person. That is the power of water baptism because it's, it's not just something you do by yourself. Did you know that you can't baptize yourself? I baptize myself in the name of the Father and the Son. And the you can't baptize yourself in the shower. First of all, you don't get all the way under. But you can't do it in a pool by yourself. You have to have somebody, somebody who helps you. You are surrounded by a community who's willing to walk with you. Baptism is about acknowledging before the community that you're done with your old life and you're ready for your new life. That's, that's what baptism is about. That's why you invite people. Tonight, we're going to have a big horse tank right here. I mean, we do it right at one chapel. This big horse tank, and we're gonna, people are going to walk up, and they're gonna, a whole bunch of people will be surrounding here. I'll have them stand up. They'll make a profession of their faith before the faith community, and we'll all gather around them. They will be dunked. They will be immersed, and they will come up out of the water, and there will be a supernatural thing that happens in the room. I can't explain it. It's not just about water and a tank. It's about God saturating people's lives. And when we witness that, it encourages us. But here's the second thing. It also makes us accountable. When you stand up in front of the room, you say, this is my profession of faith. This is how I'm going to live, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to leave my life of sin, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this. What you're saying is, okay, all you people, you keep me accountable. We don't, we don't think about that very much in our American Christianity. We're so individualized. All we think is it's about us. It's not just about us. It's, it's not just about us personally. It's about us as a community. And, and, and when, you become, when you become water baptized, you're saying to the community, all right, keep me accountable. Walk with me. Help me. I need your help. I can't do this by myself. Number three. Number three. Everybody say number three. Not only is baptism personal, it's communal, but now... It's so important for us to understand that it's transformational. Where we started with the pickles, let's go back to that. It is transformational. Resurrection life and power fills our lives by the Holy Spirit when we do this. Look just over one page, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Look what it says. Romans 8, verse 11. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. I want, let's move back just real quick. He says, um, in verse 10, he says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. See, there's the death. Your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Do you see the resurrection dynamic there? He says he gives life to your mortal body through his spirit who lives in you. Now watch verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation an obligation. But it's not to the sinful nature. 
to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But by the Spirit, but if, everybody say if. If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You know what most of us try to do? Most of us try to, try to put to death the misdeeds of the body by our own willpower. And we try to do it alone. We don't do it with others. We try to do it by ourselves. We try to do our best. We try to make, you know, nobody's perfect. Did you know that? But here's what happens. If you will accept the life of the Spirit, water baptism is the thing that signifies you're willing and ready to walk in the life of the Spirit. You've already received salvation. You've already been embraced by the Father and by the Son and by the Holy Spirit. But now water baptism says, okay, I am giving up myself and I'm going to submit. I'm going to release my control and I'm going to give control to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give control to the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm going to put to death the deeds, the misdeeds of my body in, by, with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be able to do it myself. That's what happens to each one of us when we choose water baptism. It begins that process. Water baptism means God takes over. I like to think of it as God making us into superheroes. How many of you ever seen a superhero? Superheroes? You know how Spider-Man, what happened to him? He was just a normal kid. He was walking around taking pictures one day and suddenly he got bit by a spider, right? A radioactive spider. And what happened to him? So, he got powers. He got supernatural spider powers. I mean, before that, he was a skinny, scrawny little kid, and then the next morning he wakes up and he's like buff. <laughs> kind of like me. <sighs> here's what it is. Here's how, here's how it works. When you're water baptized, something happens. The transformation begins. Something happens on the inside of you. It's, it's unknown to the common observer. Mild-mannered Clark Kent walking around, doing his thing, doing his job at the newspaper, and yet, when the moment arrives, when there's a need, when you see it, he turns into who? Superman. It's like the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he has supernatural power that is available to you to conquer sin and to conquer the works of the devil. It's like you can be your own personal. If only I could fly. If you're visiting today, please give us another chance next week. But every one of these children are listening now because here's the thing. You're just a normal human, normal guy. 
You got all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues. But when God touches you, something supernatural happens to you. The transformation begins. You're changed. You begin to be changed. You, you begin to have supernatural qualities. You begin to be able to lay hands on other people and they can recover when they're sick. You can conquer the addiction and the habits that have wrecked your life. You have power from inside of you, from, from what God is doing in you to overcome the schemes of the enemy that want to kill and steal and destroy you. That's the power of God that lives in you. This is what water baptisms ushers, it ushers this in. And so I want to challenge you, if you have addictions, if you have habits and patterns in your life you're trying to break, maybe you were baptized as a child, which I, I'm, I'm always in favor of. Like p parents come to me and they say, I don't know if my son's too, too young to be baptized. All right, I, one of our rules is they have to explain it before they can do it. Okay, so until they can explain it, they can't be baptized. But as soon as they can explain it, then I'm willing to let them because I know that while it's seven or eight or nine years old, they might not know all of the consequences. What I know is Jesus is touching them. I know there's an experience that they're going to have because they decided they wanted to be baptized. All right, so there's something about that. And if they can explain it, then I let them go. Now, they might get baptized when they're a teenager after they take their little detour or they might not because Jesus has been working in them since eight years old. But some of you might have been baptized as a child, but you, 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 it's, it's, it, it doesn't have meaning like it does now. And there's a turn in your life. There's a need for transformation. There's a need for you to, to embrace the life of the Spirit again. The life of the flesh has ravaged you, and now you need to be released from that. And, and um, I, I, so because, because water baptism is really about identifying with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, I, I want to invite you to participate in that. It's a good thing to do. There's a class today at 3.30. Some of you need to go to that class. You just need to come on and let's do this thing. Let's be full of God's spirit. Let's be full of God's power. Let's take the plunge. Let's plunge into the life of God. Yes. Let's baptizo. Thank you for listening. All over the room, I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes. You might be here thinking. You're thinking about your own life. I want you to listen to the voice of the Spirit that's calling out to you. If you feel like he's calling you and he's saying, you're realizing, I, I need to follow Christ in a greater way. I need to surrender my life. Maybe it's been a long time since you've been in a church service or you found yourself here today and somebody invited you, but you realize as we've been talking, as worship was going on, that God is whispering to you and he's saying, come, come and follow me. Let me in. Let me take all your sin away. Could be that you need to come home today because you need to renew your commitment to Christ you need to renew the commitment that you used to have, but now you've been wandering. It's time for you to come back home. If Jesus is calling you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward, but I want you 
to make a commitment. If you're here today and you're realizing, I need to follow Jesus. I need to give my life back to Jesus. I need to offer myself to him again. Or maybe for the first time, you're realizing, I don't know what a relationship with God is like. What you're describing, I don't understand that, but I know I need it. I know I want it. I know that the habits in my life are overtaking me and destroying me. Would you help me? Say, Pastor, please pray for me. If any of that describes you, just shoot your hand up in the air right now. And I want to pray for you. Yep, I see you over here. Anybody else? Way in the back, right in the middle. Way in the back over here on the left. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to commit my life to Christ in 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 a way that I haven't known before. Anybody else? It's the best decision you could ever make, you know. It's the best thing you could ever do is give your life to Jesus. Give your life to God. Let him take over. Anybody else? If you're wrestling, don't wrestle. Just shoot your hand up in the air. If you're wrestling, if you've got that feeling in the pit of your stomach, you're like, oh, I don't know if I need to do this, but you know that God is whispering, just, just, just go for it. Just lift your hand. Yep, I see a young man. Would you join me in prayer? I want you all to just say these words after me. And I understand it's not about the words. It's not about just putting words in your mouth. It's about putting faith in your heart. So as we pray this prayer, let faith rise up in you. Everybody across the room, let's say this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. All of my failures. I don't want to go my own way. I want your way. I want your plan. Make me into a new person today. I want to follow you. Thank you for your forgiveness. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, every person that prayed that prayer, I pray that you would just work in them, overwhelm them, consume them. Right now, right here, let salvation come alive in them. That commitment, that desire, would you fan that flame that's there? That desire and just let it grow, let it mature. Father, I pray that you give them courage to tell somebody today, to share it with somebody else. I pray that you protect them from the schemes of the wicked one that would want to destroy them. Father, I pray that you surround them, continue them, lead them on this path, this journey of faith. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.